How do I manage my anxiety? What are the symptoms of anxiety I need to be looking out for? Today, I have licensed therapist Casey Best joining in to talk all about this. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Career Path Angel Show, where we talk all about career, business, positive mindset, self-development, and many other fun and exciting topics with one goal in mind, to help new working professionals to fast-track their careers in the corporate world. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive right in. Here is your host, Angel Mary. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Career Path Angels Show. I'm your host, Angel Mary. Today, we have a fantastic episode. We have Casey Best, a licensed therapist, joining us to talk all about anxiety. But before we jump into that, I want to just thank you if you are new to the podcast. We are a podcast dedicated to talking all about career success, business success, everything the working professional needs to succeed in life. Today, we have Casey Best joining. I'm so excited. Last month, I sat down with Casey and we were able to talk in depth about anxiety. Casey has nearly two decades of experience as a licensed therapist. She's actually focused primarily on cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness. And she's got several years of experience as a certified coach practitioner, where she helps high-functioning, successful women overcome anxiety and burnout so they can truly enjoy their life. She's also created a transformative and individualized coaching program to help ambitious women eliminate all of their anxiety to find lasting relief and fall in love with their lives all over again. Today, I am so excited to share this recording with you on everything we discussed and specifically for you if you're suffering from any type of anxiety at all. I am so pleased and honored to have Casey join on the show to talk about this very important topic. And now I'm going to be putting forward the recording from just a few weeks back. Casey, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're joining to share about everything that you're currently doing. And I want to get right into what led you into coaching and how did you get your start? Tell me all about it. Sure. Thanks so much, Angel, for having me. I really, really appreciate it. So, um, so originally, actually, I wanted to be a dancer. So I was a dance major in college for like my first year or two. Yeah. (laughs) And then I realized, okay, let's be realistic. I probably can't do a lot with this, even though it's a passion, I can still keep pursuing it, just not necessarily as like a profession. And so I'm curious, what type of dancing major were you? What were you focused in on? Yeah. So I was a modern dance, like lyrical dancing. So yeah. And I dance. Yeah. I did that for like, since I was five years old. So I loved it. I loved choreography, like creating was something that. that... I love that. When I was in college, I I wasn't a professional dancer, but I took part in some of the college extracurriculars and I got in touch with my roots and I was part of the Indian fashion show and we did some dances during that. So I love that. I love that you have a creative spirit in you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was so fun. It was like my whole life back then. And little did I know that that would kind of lead me into what I then wanted to go into, which was I, I, I knew, okay, so I 
I developed this idea that can't do much as a career or it's incredibly difficult, very competitive to like break into that field. So I decided that I wanted to do something related to psychology. Um, And so I was like, okay, what can I do? So I got my undergraduate degree in human development and family studies. And I loved it. I loved all my courses. This was fantastic. But then I'm like, okay, this is a pre-professional degree. What am I going to do now? Right. <laughs> so then that led me into, well, you know, it just, it was kind of one of those epiphanies that I had that I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to help them in ways that I didn't receive help when I was younger. Right. So I was like, I can be a therapist. This will be yes. great. I can do this. And so then I went to grad school. I have my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And that was wonderful. It was great. Like so I was were you so a excited. Couples counselor during a period of that? Yeah. So my, yeah. So my graduate degree is marriage and family therapy. So I've kind of seen the whole gamut of people. Right. <laughs> I love working with individuals more than anything, but I do have a pretty extensive background with couples. Um, and families. So that's fun. And I feel like that was such a great foundation for kind of moving into where I am now. So, you know, I did that for quite some time. In fact, I'm a licensed therapist still, and I still have several clients that I see. Um, and I've been doing it for 18 years. So really? wow, yeah. that's really, I mean, that's a long time. And I think it's so interesting because so many people don't always find the right fit at the beginning and you were able to figure that out. And I'm just curious, how did you figure out that psychology was your passion? Like, how did you know in that? Because, you know, you could study a field, but mm-hmm. when, after you study the field, you could get into it and then realize you don't like it because that's what's hap- what happened to me. I studied economics. Yeah. I wanted to make a lot of money. I went into finance and I hated it. So how did you figure yeah. that out beforehand? You know, it it was interesting. It just, it came to me, like, I always knew that the way my brain processed and worked, I was always very interested in why people do what they do. And even like thinking about my own life and the the emotional struggles that I had and not really having a support system in place, I knew that there had to be a better way. Like I wanted to help people going through those same types of of issues, but obviously more than just what I went through. And so it it was like, I, I knew it. I knew it for years that that was kind of where I wanted to go, even though I wanted to be a dancer that was sort of there at the same time, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. And of course you can have more yeah. than one interest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it just seemed logical, like logical, but also like from an emotional perspective, like that's where I feel my purpose was, Right. you know, in terms of choosing that path at that time when I was in my early twenties, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This feels right. It feels like I'm sort of following my passion yes. to wanting to support people and help people. And I think it's it's so interesting what you're saying about feeling your purpose and being able to recognize that. Sorry about that. Being able to recognize your purpose is something that is so challenging sometimes when you are not really sure. And I think it's so interesting that you found something from your youth that you wanted to help other people with. And I love that. I love that you were able to make that connection early on. So you you worked in this field for 18 years, which is bravo to you. Amazing. Because I in in a past life 
one of my roles was being an administrative manager for the outpatient center for mental health in Manhattan. So mm-hmm. I was overseeing social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists, the, and managing and running the operations of the office. And yeah. I have a very special place in my heart for everything related to the mental health industry, because my mother is a psych nurse. My godmother is a psychiatrist. My uncles are social workers. I have every like so many people in my family in this path. And being in that particular place, I realized how important that work is, especially given we know that there's so much stigma attached to Mm -hmm. mental health. Absolutely. Yes, there is for sure. And it's getting better, but it still absolutely exists. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I appreciate all of that. And yeah, you have <laughs> clearly it's a part of your family. It's part of who you are, too. So yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that it's great that we're working to break that stigma because so many people do need to take that avenue of getting support and seeing it from a a place where it's not about, you know, I think people were like, oh, that person's crazy. Like that was the way it was 20, 30 years ago. They're seeing a therapist. That's crazy. Um, No, it's not. (laughs) That's Yeah. It's so funny. It's kind of almost shifted for some people in different circles where it's like, that is really cool. You have a therapist. That's pretty awesome. You know? And, and I, you know, and I think it, so the other part of, you know, this is a passion of mine. I really want to help people. And then also learning through the years of working in this field of how to actually connect with people, because you see like the whole gamut, everybody comes through your door, like in terms of personality and what they're struggling with and, you know, the various diagnoses and all of that. Right. And so being able to kind of adapt to that and shift to that, I think has been really advantageous for me, just, you know, being able to get along with different people and meet people where they are for sure. Absolutely. And I know that you are, I know you're still a licensed therapist, but you've moved Mm -hmm. on to something new. So can you share that with us? Yeah, I would love to. I'm so excited about it. So yeah, so I'm still a licensed therapist. I still have plenty of clients. I have a big waiting list and and all of that, but um, continuing to really follow my passion and more living into what I feel directly um, is on my path. My journey is actually coaching women right now. And so I'm a certified coach practitioner. And basically what that means is I have like that credentialing, but my years of experience as a therapist, I feel like has helped me to step into this role in ways that I can, like I said before, connect with people and really kind of hone in on those things that they're needing help with. So, yeah. So I'm, you know, my, I guess my clientele or the women that I work with people I work with are women. I just said that. Um, so I work with women who are successful. So who usually are, um, career women, women with families, women who are kind of doing all of it, but who have what I call the invisible anxiety, which is high functioning anxiety. Mm -hmm. So they're living with that. They're kind of surviving with that, but are able to do all the things, able to live their lives really well. So for those listening, how would you describe what high functioning anxiety actually is? Yeah. So high functioning anxiety falls under the umbrella of anxiety, of course, but it's not diagnosable because people who do have high functioning anxiety 
are ones who are able to, like I said, move through life. They're successful. They're educated. They have careers. They have families. They have friends. They're they're able to be a part of their communities and do all the things. However, what's going on internally can be very emotionally and even psychologically debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that might look like, for instance, um, people who are perfectionists, mm. people who are people pleasers, um, people who can't say no, people who um, and they take on too much because they people can't who say no. people who commit overcommit, people who take on too much, people who have to be going, going, going. So, like for instance, in the evenings, I'm. I will admit that I am a recovering person with high functioning anxiety. So I feel like I'm an expert on this as well because I've been through it. Right. Um, and every now and then it like kind of sneaks its ugly little head into my life again, but I, I cope with it. But one thing for me that I always struggled with was like in the evening after work coming home, I could not just sit down like with my husband and watch a show. Like I had to be doing, doing, doing. And if I wasn't, I would be carrying the guilt. Like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. What's wrong with me? Go, go, go. And so people have a hard time just giving themselves permission to take care of themselves, if that makes sense. Yes. And I I got a question about that. Would you consider individuals who don't know how to turn it off? You know, we're now in the digital age where we have our smartphones, we have our emails coming directly to our telephones, wherever we are, even if we're away in the Bahamas somewhere and being, or even when they get home in the, in the evenings, they have to keep checking their emails. Would you consider that's part of the high functioning anxiety? Absolutely. I mean, that's really a telltale sign of our times, right? I mean, we're kind of, we're socially, culturally programmed to have these devices in our face. But absolutely, you know, people who just keep scrolling social media, what's going on? I can't, you know, fear of missing out. I can't, you know, put this away and just have calm. Right, right. Right. I mean, like everything you're talking about, it's really crazy because I'm thinking back to, my time when I was working um, and I had a, about 300 employees under me and I was going, 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 same thing. I did get CC'd on tons of emails. And mm-hmm. I think that fear of being held back when you like if you go on vacation and you come back and there's like a, a thousand emails sitting in your inbox, that yeah. is part of the reason why people don't want to stop because we have this digital footprint everywhere we go mm-hmm. and we can't just break free from it. So that's definitely something I think it's really important what you're doing. Yeah. And how would you recognize symptoms like other than obviously the smartphone and mm-hmm. not being able to concentrate and and sit? Is there any other symptoms that people could recognize? Yeah. So all the things I talked about. So if you have a tendency to even be a procrastinator, and oftentimes people don't understand that procrastination is part of high functioning anxiety because they're so afraid to even start the task because it has to be perfect. They have to get it right. And so they wait till the last minute. So that can be a pretty obvious sign as well. Um, You know, like we had mentioned, overextending yourself, right? So really, really not being able to take the time or give yourself permission to say no, that you're going to volunteer for this, or you're going to, you know, you're going to... um, Sorry, I just got a couple that came in. Okay. 
that you're going to, that you're the go-to person at work, right? For instance, like people come to you because they know that you are the dependable person that you will take on more tasks Mm -hmm. and you do it because you're fearful of saying no, you're fearful of what other people will think of you. And so, you know, also a pretty, pretty good telltale sign of high functioning anxiety is fear of judgment. Um, You know, wanting to please people, but fear also of what people will think of you or say about you as well. Fear of what others think of you. So that is really interesting. And um, I'm just segueing into something cultural. So I, I'm um, my my background is my family's from India. I'm American. I'm an American citizen, but I grew up yeah. with those cultural roots. And one of the things in our culture that for some reason is so heavy is what will others think based on mm-hmm. any decision that we make in our lives? And I never really fully understood why that is such an important factor or part of the culture, but it does impact so many of the individuals who are in that particular area. So what you're touching on now that I'm seeing is it's not just simply about how you're feeling about yourself. It's the worry of what other people may be thinking about you in how your behavior or actions are. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That is spot on. So, I mean, if you could imagine like all this weight that you're carrying, so it's not just like, how am I performing? Like, what am I doing? Is it perfect enough? But then it's also carrying this fear of what other people are going to think about you. Right. And that's a heavy burden. If you're also a perfectionist and you're Mm -hmm. worried about what other people think in in addition to worrying about what you think, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's an, it's amazing how much it is, you know, and, and it can also manifest into physical symptoms as well. Like, right. So, so things like headaches, jittery, like, like shaking. And you're like, what is going on with me? Like my internal system seems really off. It could be like gastro issues. Um, fatigue. So it's it's manifesting in a physical way because of how impactful it is. Mm-hmm. Because of everything you're carrying internally, it's, I mean, it's got to go somewhere, right? right? We can only hold some, hold, a, you know, an abundance of things for so long before we start seeing other areas of our lives really impacted. So yeah, the physical, um, it can certainly manifest in the way we show up in our relationships. So not just like in our careers, of course, but what about with our spouses, our partners, our children, right. you know, and then we're talking about things like, you know, I'm not spending enough time with my kiddos. I'm not going to their baseball games or I'm not showing up for their science fair projects or whatever, or just spending time with them at home because I feel like I still have to get that other work done or work, or I've got to be doing this or doing that. And so then we're talking about levels of guilt and shame, even right. Fear of how you're showing up and what that might look like or not look like. So, I mean, it's so complicated. There's so many different levels of high functioning anxiety. Yes. And some of that roots back to the way you were raised, perhaps, Mm -hmm. or the way you were, you had some childhood issues that may have, you know, you're carrying with you. And that's why it's so important to be able to take that step and get that help. If, if anything that Casey is saying right now is resonating with you, the listener, and you're thinking, wait a second, I have a lot of those traits going on, then definitely Casey, at the end of this segment, she's going to be sharing how to get in touch with her. But Casey, I think it's really interesting that you're targeting women in particular who are um, 
high functioning. So, you you know, this is a really mm-hmm. interesting term, high functioning, because when you think about anxiety, you almost think that it stops you in its tracks. Worry just keeps going and you, 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 you're immobile. And, and what yeah. you said about procrastination is exactly what I typically think of someone who may be anxious, that, that it stops them from moving forward in their life. Yeah. But, but the high functioning part is really what you're saying that I think so many women and I even know some women personally who are definitely in this category because they are so they have so many responsibilities that are on mm-hmm. their shoulders and yep. there's just nobody else that they can get support from. And that is what really prevents them from even taking that step. They may not even have the time to reach yeah. out to someone for help. Right. Right, right. Or they, or here's the thing they think they don't, right? Because of the burdens that they're carrying. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things you mentioned there. So I want to point that out because there is a difference between like what we would call in the therapy world or the medical world, right? As generalized anxiety disorder. And so that really does stop you in your tracks. That means sometimes you actually cannot get out of bed. Like you are so debilitated. Like every part of your life is really really kind of falling in around you, right? You're not able to take care of yourself externally and internally. And the high functioning anxiety is almost the opposite of that to some degree, because these people are overachievers, right? So if you have like the diagnosable anxiety, you're not achieving much. You're really, really stuck in, in really deep seated embedded fears Whereas high functioning means you're doing the things and probably doing too much of the the work, like overachieving. You've got to be the best. You've got to keep going, 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 right? For perfectionism, right? right? So you almost have this like this unhealthy adrenaline that's pumping through you that makes you do that. But you're, the balance is completely off and you feel it internally. Yes. So you, you like wear that mask of, you know, I've got everything together. I, I look really great on the outside. I feel good. You're telling yourself you feel good. You have the energy, but you also know that there are all those other symptoms that we talked about are so prevalent in your life. And then often, you know, we don't give ourselves permission to say, I need to invest in my time. I need to invest in self-care to take care of my and I think because, that women yeah. in particular are the type that don't take care of themselves. They take care yeah. of everyone else beforehand. So I, I love yeah. that you focused in on this in particular for women. And, you know, when it, for you in particular, I know you told me that you're um, you have an actual program. So do you want to highlight the program right now and share a little detail? Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. So I currently have a coaching program that's a one-on-one program. So it would be working with me and I've really developed it to be individualized. And so what that means is that it's not kind of a cookie cutter. Like you come to my program, you're going to be watching these courses and all of that. And that's fine. I'm not bashing that at all, but I do with my years of experience, I know that I need to meet people where they are and that will look different for everybody. So it's a four month program and it's meeting it's 60 minute sessions once a week with extensive support if needed throughout the week um, or the weeks, the four months. So fantastic. 
Yeah. So I'm super excited about it. It's called Limitless Potential because I really do believe that we all, depending on the effort and energy we have for it, we are all limitless in what we're capable of achieving. So. Absolutely. And how do how do individuals get in touch with you if they want to take part in your program? Sure. So they can follow me on um, social media. So I'm on Instagram at KC Best Coaching and then Facebook at KC Best Coaching. Um, also LinkedIn um, under my name, KC Best. And then I have an email address, which is admin at KCBestCoaching.com. And I don't know if you want to put some links in there so people know how to spell my name or whatever, but that yeah, would, those I'll are the it, best. I'll put it right yeah. into the description. So you guys, if you are listening, just look right into the description and, and you'll see uh, direct uh, contact info for Casey. Casey, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing really such an important thing um, regarding high functioning anxiety in women. The truth is women and and there are men out there too and 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 many other individuals who are functioning in this manner that don't yep. even know they have no clue that and i'm hoping if you're listening and you are one of these people you do get that extra help that that support that is absolutely needed and is available and it's not as i say you know we need to help ourselves first right because we can't help anyone else if we don't help ourselves right that's right so true yeah and and i do want to give a little bit of plug to men i certainly you know all of this my uh my audience is women right now because i'm a woman and i've been through this and i know what it feels like to be a mom and to be a career person and, and to have all those things and still feel that way but absolutely men you know i think in their own ways for sure are living with this as well so i don't want to discount that of course <laughs> we we know it we know across the board and i i do think and this is just we're we're in a post pandemic era i believe a lot of us were traumatized and we dealt with a lot in the last few yeah. years and many of us are just coming out of it and just beginning to feel around and figure out how that impacted us and so many of many people who are high functioning are going through the world in this kind of zone that you were just describing and they don't even know so i really appreciate you sharing all of this thank you so much for coming onto the show casey and you know uh if you want to keep uh touch base with casey casey what's your instagram uh handle it's uh, at casey best coaching okay so thank you again for tuning in and until next time take care Bye. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Career Path Angel Show with Angel Mary. Something you want to hear Angel talk about on the show? Contact Angel through Instagram or TikTok to let her know. Hit subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and be sure to share it with your friends. Till next time, stay confident, stay positive, and never give up.